0: previously on caustic soda nobody wants <laughs> nobody wants to pop your Harry kano mimes will regret their life choices because uh, yes. people can't tell that they're really trying to yeah, get somewhere they're doing their thing right they actually are in danger that they're is, not
1: that is so so convincing
0: and now the conclusion
1: I have uh, another story here from the Galveston area. On July 27th, 1943, during a training exercise at Bryan Field in Bryan, Texas, British pilots were alerted about a hurricane approaching the Galveston area. This is
0: 1943. It's mm-hmm.
1: 1943. Yeah, 43 years later. Uh-huh. Orders came down to fly the planes away from the storm. Instead, mm-hmm. U.S. Colonel Joseph Duckworth made a bet with the British pilots that he could fly his AT-6 Texan trainer directly into the storm. What? Sm- smart guy. <laughs> smart uh, <laughs> pos- possible gambling addict? I don't know. bet you guys.
2: Uh, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder because his last name is Duckworth. Right? And he's got to, like, prove his worth. At least I, I'm um, at least as much value as a duck. This, wa- this hurricane Minimal. is like water off a Duckworth's back.
1: I'm worth at least as much as an eagle. hmm I know somebody whose name, his last name is Duckworth. <laughs> Fly like an eagle. Or to the duck. center of the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Duckworth requested that Lieutenant Colonel Ralph O'Hare... Mm-hmm actually spelt O apostrophe H-A-I-R. Oh. never seen that before. He is of the hair. The yeah. only navigator available fly into the hurricane with him. Neither Duckworth nor O'Hare believed that the headquarters would approve the flight, well. so they decided to proceed without permission. Okay. But, well, of course. Thus, they became the first hurricane hunters, pilots mm. who flew an aircraft through the eye of a hurricane. O'Hare oh. later compared the weather encounter during the flight to being tossed about like a stick in a dog's mouth. Mm. Oh. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, wait, I thought when a stick is in a dog's mouth, they're usually kind of just like just keep it steady, right? Don't they usually just like uh, mind shake stuff to try to kill it? I don't okay. know about a stick. Okay. Okay. I don't know about a stick, but yeah. he
1: certainly, uh, yeah. All right,
2: okay, yeah, like a little stuffy stuffed animals and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, so that's what he's, he's talking about the the dog. The right, Yeah.
1: I think so. Okay, getting totally shaked. Yeah. After returning to Bryan Field, Lieutenant William Jones Burdick requested to fly into the hurricane with Duckworth.
2: Oh, oh that was so awesome. I want to go, too.
1: <laughs> While O'Hare declined the in- invitation to return for a second right. trip. <laughs> uh, why like, you why go ahead. tempt fate again? Yeah,
2: you go ahead. I'm feeling a bit queasy after being shaken about like in a dog's mouth.
1: Today, the 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron's primary mission is to conduct tropical storm reconnaissance. Mm. They have two primary missions. Okay, but the
2: first guys weren't going in there as reconnaissance. It was a total, like, giant brass balls thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. Uh, are you gonna dare me to fly into that hurricane? <laughs>
3: That's right.
2: Brass balls
1: the... or cease to care about his own life. Yeah. Was like, eh, I don't
2: care either way. I mean, it's 1943. I'm on a training mission in the middle of Texas. I'm nowhere near the war. Yeah, I gotta like put myself in jeopardy here just yeah. to feel like I'm one of the boys.
1: Yeah, and this time it worked out. Yeah, we talk about all the times it doesn't. though. Well, he proved he proved <laughs> that you can fly a plane into a hurricane. Yeah, yeah. so I mean. So there are two primary missions, low-level investigation. When a storm is beginning to form, they investigate whether the winds are blowing in a counterclockwise rotation, therefore indicating a closed system. Once it is determined that there is a circulation within the the disturbance, the mission will transform into a fixed mission. Mm -hmm. In order to get a good overall look at the storm, the unit flies into the storm using an alpha pattern. And we've got a picture of an alpha pattern that we're going to put up at causticswaterpodcast.com. Uh, oh, it looks like an infinity like, sign. Uh, kind of, uh, yeah. Kinda, yeah. I mean, like a like a straight line infinity, like yeah. a, uh, or sideways a sideways hourglass. hourglass. Yeah, yeah there that's you go. better. During flight, weather data is continuously collected and sent directly to the National Hurricane Center via satellite. Flights enter major hurricanes, category three or above, at ten thousand feet. While penetrating the eye wall, a weather instrument called a drop sonde is released to determine the maximum winds at the surface, and another sonde is released into the eye to detect the lowest pressure at the surface. Okay, so it's All a right.
0: pressurometer. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Hurricane hunter data is up to 30% more accurate, I'm guessing, than ground-based stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, despite the inherent danger of flying into a hurricane, only five flight crews have been lost during their history. Only
0: Five. Oh. That sounds like a lot to me. the six flight flight crews that they had. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, if it's only five flight crews uh, in, I mean, 1943 to now is like 72 years. Those five flight crews probably object to the term only. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The five flight crews that they actually lost are probably like, well, it wasn't just only. I lost Uncle Jim. Right? You know, it's a, a perspective thing.
1: And we have a video here of them flying into the eye of a hurricane. It's up on YouTube. We'll post that on the uh, show notes as well. So they Austin fly like podcast. over the
0: hurricane and then into the eye? Kind yes. of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. they don't they try to avoid the wall. They try
2: the wall, the, the, the the surge wall. wall you
0: do not want to fly through the surface.
2: They surge
1: drop wall. a thing into the wall. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Go above it and drop it into it. Yeah. Kind of like they basically they're teabagging the uh, hurricane, right? Right, perfect aerial teabagging, drop their balls and like, mm, that's pretty breezy down there. You
1: like that high winds, huh? Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hurricane Katrina 2005. I heard of that one, yeah, the ninth strongest uh hurricane or typhoon in history. I got some first person accounts from you now from Newsweek. Oh. A buddy of mine, this, this is a first person, so I'm reading it as if I'm Mike Cooper. Okay. I was not ah. in uh, New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina. Well, you got to do the Mike Cooper voice. Oh, what does Mike Cooper sound like? Do like not do old-timey
1: radio. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sounds Chris Cooper. Uh,
2: no, I, I, you, I've read this story already, so I'm going to do dumb guy voice. Okay. <laughs> 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 the buddy bud said it took three hours to do a usually 20-minute drive to get out of town. I said, I can't do that. So, sitting on the sofa having a beer, I thought I'd just unwind, you know. My brother told me that I had to get out of there, but I was just too tired, and I said I'd hunkered down. I lived in a raised house about six blocks from Lake Pontchartrain. I remember getting an inch of water in my house. I brought up dozens of gallons of water, my food, a few things, but initially, I didn't think it would get much deeper. Then it was ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Then it just overwhelmed me. I climbed the stairs, went up to the attic, and I had a flashlight. (laughs) Okay. You're like a rat looking for higher ground. I kicked a hole in my roof as it was getting very hot in the attic. Oh. I remember thinking, oh, is something else I'll have to fix. <laughs> Bitching at myself that I was kicking a hole in my own roof. Yeah, I got on the roof, looking around, and started to realize that hole was the least of my worries.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're kicking a hole in the roof because your house is filled up to that point with water. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: I was on that roof to about 9:30 at night and then I crawled back into sleep. I was traumatized.
0: Moosely. Yeah. A trauma sleep is mm. the worst sleep of all.
2: I had a portable radio, and I wanted to listen to symphony music, but the only station was WLL, a news station, and I didn't want to hear about their plight. <laughs> I heard Garland Robinette telling me what happened to the Superdome, then I turned it off. Yeah. About a half hour later, a Coast Guard helicopter spotted me. They pulled over, and then right over my head, and they go to drop the hoist to pick me up, but I thought they might bring me to the Superdome, so I waved them off.
0: Yeah, you don't want to go to the Superdome.
2: On Wednesday, I hear this guy screaming at me. It was a neighbor in a three-story house across the street. He says, "M hey, Skip." I say, "M hey, Mike." He asks if I have food and water, and he asks if I want to swim over. I said, "Skip, I'm not in the mood for a swim right now. But if we aren't rescued by three, I'll swim over."
0: <laughs>
2: About an hour later, a boat was coming up my street. But if was... someone comes to rescue me,
0: like uh, you might take me to the Superdome.
2: <laughs> About an hour later, a boat was coming up my street. It was two guys, Dave and Mark. Yeah. They saw me. I said, we got to go get Skip. <laughs> the only thing I had in my name was a backpack with a t-shirt and a pair of shorts. Nice. thanks. Dumb guy. Thanks, Mike yeah. Cooper.
1: We got to go get Skip. At least you remember to get Skip.
2: Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Hey, Skip offered to uh, give him food and water if all he wanted to do was swim over.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got a, an eyewitness account here from Alice Jackson. Alice Jackson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read in my voice. I evacuated to my friend's house with my 81-year-old mother, my 28-year-old niece, and my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. We packed clothes, food, and water, plus axes, an extension ladder, and flares. Right, okay. That way we could cut our way out through the roof if necessary. Sure. Well, As sensitive. a reporter, I'd covered too many hurricanes where people drowned in the attics because they couldn't escape the rising water. Oh, so she'd this been is, to this
2: before. This is
1: the not-dumb story, and I'm guessing. <laughs> The news showed the eye of the hurricane heading towards our exact location. That night, before the TV went out, a Mm. report said, It's looking better for New Orleans and the very worst for the Gulfport area. After hearing that, I said to everyone, I want you to forgive me now because I think I made a mistake. I'm afraid we're all going to have to fight very hard not to die. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's with her? Her 81 year old mother and her 28 year old uh, niece and her sister in law. Okay. All right.
2: No, no, this is the opposite of saying stay calm.
1: Yeah. right. Yeah. Everybody, is,
2: everybody, stay calm. This is all right, everybody. Now's the time to panic.
1: This is probably where Let's you should panic. Get that
2: adrenaline in. up. Yep.
1: At 1 a.m., wind started pummeling the house. I woke <sighs> everyone up. And we listened to the radio. You know, because listening to the news might be a good thing yeah, to might do. be
2: positive instead of turning it off because you Ooh, don't want to hear about their uh, shit.
1: This isn't my classic music. <laughs> we learned that all three of the emergency operation centers were washed away. Oh. That's when I knew we were in big trouble. Mm. All night i had been watching a giant pine tree in a neighbor's yard. It had been bending mightily, but it stayed rooted suddenly i heard a deafening crack and i yelled run seconds later the tree smashed through the house
2: oh smashed house by tree yeah
1: we had escaped to the master bedroom closet in the center of the house Uh my sister-in-law hauled a mattress off the bed and we leaned it on top of my mother and my niece Uh then we noticed that the walls were heaving so we raced around the house opening windows to relieve the pressure buildup. oh Oh.
2: wow yeah watch the walls heaving that's crazy
1: that is kind of terrifying
2: Looking and out- by heaving, we mean throw up, right? We mean, that, yeah, they were Quick. just vomiting on Open you. Open the doors, <laughs>
1: let all this house puke out. <laughs> Looking outside, we watched in horror as the house behind us turned into what looked like a living, breathing monster. Oh, my oh. God. The roof would lift, the house would expand, and then the roof would fall. Finally, the house exploded. Oh.
2: What? That's crazy. We didn't, it, From air pressure? Like, it, just because, like, the high winds, like, get into I, every nook I and guess, cranny yeah. and just, like blow the house up
1: did we mention opening some windows to prevent this in the public service announcement because it sounds important oh
2: i don't know I don't what know. if you create the windsock oh, yeah
1: that's why you gotta have open on multiple sides ah, I, this yeah. is, you don't uh, want to have like open and nowhere for it to go that's a crazy story exploding yes. houses the next day we drove out to see what happened the wind was still strong enough to buffet my little ford escape Ooh, oh
0: good, aptly named
2: vehicle. the uh, ford
1: stay in town mm-hmm we drove through the center of town where down... The, po- Ford,
2: the Ford, there is no escape. Yeah. yeah.
1: We drove through the center of town where down power lines were strewn about. Mm. When we turned towards my street, all I saw was a big lake where there had once been houses, trees, and roads. Mm. So we tried to enter from the other end, but there were too many fallen trees. A man with a chainsaw helped us get through. About three miles from my house, it became apparent there was nothing left. Mm. In some places, the debris was piled up head high. Sure. Oh,
2: yeah. That, like that photo from Galveston in 1900. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep.
1: Oh, oh, man, oh, oh.
2: man. Yeah, well, uh, she definitely was not as dumb as the first guy. No. There was no. no doubt Got about that. Mm-hmm.
1: That guy just kind of lucked out.
2: <laughs> he did everything he could to die.
1: Well, he did go up to the attic. He did cut a hole in the roof, right? Right, but he didn't think it was a big deal when it was only ankle deep. That was a dude who was like, eh, it's ankle deep. It's no big like, deal. It's like he kind of barely cared to live. He's like, yeah. I guess I'll do this if I'll live, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing any more. I
2: will do the absolute bare. My brother told me that I should leave, and I was like, eh. I eh, eh, just want to chill out.
1: I just want to chill out. Yeah, I'm going to hunker down. No problems. And I'm I'm a pretty lazy dude, but I value my life yeah. over laziness. Yeah. So this dude wins. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, and I had to cut a hole in my roof, and I was like, great. And One I more thing, I'm gonna have later. to fix.
1: I'm gonna have to fix this. That's even more work. <laughs> After
0: I rebuild
2: the house, I kind of, I kind of love this guy for a little bit. <laughs> a
1: little but love hate.
2: It is. I, I hate how much I love him a little bit.
0: <clears throat> Typhoon Haiyan. Mm, all right. 2013. Mm-hmm. Known in the Philippines as Typhoon Yolanda, and it's called Haiyan because it like uh, karate chopped. Haiyan. Bam. The Philippines. The Philippines. Yep. The strongest storm recorded at landfall, and the strongest typhoon ever recorded in terms of one-minute sustained wind speed. Okay. As of January 2014, bodies were still being found. On November 2nd, the Joint Typhoon Warning Center, JTWC, uh-huh. began monitoring a broad, low pressure east-southeast of Micronesia. Mm-hmm. By November 5th, Haiyan was classified as Category 5 Super wow. Typhoon. All right. All right. By November seventh, Haiyan att- attained ten-minute sustained winds of 230 kilometers per hour. That's 143 miles per hour. Six wow. hours later, Haiyan attained one-minute sustained winds of 315 kilometers. An 315,
3: hour,
2: it's like nearly
0: 96 miles per
1: hour. That's nearly the fastest, like ever.
0: Uh, 215 was the fastest ever.
2: 215 miles. Yeah. yeah. So it's
1: super close to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. In the Philippines, the typhoon caused catastrophic damage with some cities and towns largely destroyed and at least 6,000 dead in that country alone. There is a cultural view in the Philippines that swimming in a typhoon storm surge is considered to be a brave way to survive. Not a foolish way to die, (laughs) but a
2: brave way to survive.
1: (laughs) Roll the dice. So
2: this is like one of those sort of like wives' tales things. This is like the Philippines version of... Uh, oh, that thing in Africa about if you have sex with a virgin, it cures your AIDS.
1: These people obviously don't play role-playing games that have charts and stuff for difficulties. right? Because swimming in a typhoon is one of those, here's a ridiculously difficult... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And And so any gamer would be like, yeah, that might be brave, but I've seen the numbers. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, Just the, the swimmers aren't big on math. This is a Darwin Award you know, a, a culture-wide Darwin Award <sighs> yeah, situation. Yeah, I'm going to go swim in that typhoon surge. Oh, good luck with that. Don't have any more
1: babies. Thank you very much. I'm so brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm so smart. Mm-hmm.
0: This contributed greatly to the large death toll. Got it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thousands of people sought to evacuate the city via C-130 cargo planes. Mm-hmm. However, due to the lack mm-hmm. of electricity, planes could only operate during the daylight, slowing the evacuations.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Because they're mm-hmm.
0: solar-powered. Oh. No, that's not true. Oh. <laughs> At dawn on November 12th, thousands of people broke through fences and rushed planes only to be forced back by police and military personnel. See, oh, here's yeah. the thing.
2: If you break down a fence and rush a plane and force your way onto the plane, you still can't fly it. Like, you still need the guy who flies it to, like, get you out of there. Yeah. So they kind of can just, like, God, dude, guy, I'm not going to fly. <laughs> so get off the plane. And you
0: put a knife to their neck. Uh, Fly me and all these people that are weighing down the plane and on the wings. Okay, (laughs) but then
2: you stab the guy in the neck who can fly it, and then you really can't get out of there. Oh,
0: It's
2: a flaw in this tactic. He just just has to keep saying, yeah, no, dude, I'm not going to fly. That's
0: why I'm such a bad hijacker.
2: You are a terrible hijacker.
1: I want to see that scene. Lift this plane off. No, I'm not going to do it. I got a knife. I got a knife. Yeah, and you kill me, and we're not going anywhere. But I... Please?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I guess desperate times call for desperate measures, but it's an ill-conceived plan to... Try and take
0: a C-130 cargo plane if you can't fly a C-130 mm. cargo plane. Throughout Tacloban City, widespread looting took place mm-hmm. in the days following the typhoon. Mm-hmm. A number of relief trucks were attacked and had food stolen once, out, once inside the city. A fuel depot was guarded by armed police. Looting intensified as slow recovery efforts forced residents to seek any means necessary to survive. A Tacloban City administrator stated, The looting is not criminality. It is self-preservation. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you don't
1: need food for multiple days, though. Like if you're (laughs) if you're looting to get food, eh, they're bringing food in. You're gonna be mostly it's the clean water that's super important. Mm -hmm. And are you gonna loot clean water? Yeah. Like I I mean, I guess some bottled water, but yeah.
2: If there was one bottle of water between us and we were in the middle of a typhoon, I would push you down and grab that bottle of water. I know. It's because you're a jerk. I know. You jerky
0: jerk. Like I don't know if that counts as looting though.
1: It's it's, words. it's bullying. It's, it's, it's bad. Bullying. I'm going to
0: wear a pink shirt in protest of that. <laughs> okay. Whatever
1: whatever word you want to use to describe it, it's bad.
0: <laughs> Further complicating efforts to retain order was the lack of officers reporting for work. In Tacloban, only 100 of the city's 1,300 police personnel reported for duty.
1: They're out showing that they were brave police officers swimming in the oh, tax that's, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, right.
2: right. that's right. The bravest sh- people do become police officers. We're going to show
0: those criminals that we've got them beat. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. In Alangalang, just west of Tacloban, eight people were crushed to death after the walls of a warehouse collapsed during a raid on a government rice stockpile. Hmm. Oh. Approximately 33,000 bags of rice, each weighing 50 kilograms, were stolen.
2: Oh, 33,000 bags of rice were stolen? Holy Jesus.
0: Yeah. That's that's 110 pounds per bag of rice. Yeah. That's a lot.
2: That is a lot. I got to tell you, like, uh, you could... I mean, and... That's dried rice, right? Like I, once you cook it, it expands like in the four, storm. Yeah, oh, that's right. The hot water in the storm. The uh, you know, it's just like the, delicious, delicious storm the with entire, soy sauce on it. The entire island becomes a uh, rice cooker, basically. In the news. <laughs> Doing research for this section, I was uh, I was searching for, you know, uh, news stories about hurricanes and it typhoons. It was all about that
0: sports team.
2: I found an article from November 2013 right after the uh, typhoon Haiyan okay. uh, in the International Business Times. Oh. And I was reading it. It's like, oh, it's going to be like an article of the day and, you know, might have some new information about it. And I'm going to read it because I think it might be the bitchiest article about a natural disaster. The bitchiest disaster. article. Yes. This is from November 2013. That's right. It's like right after uh, Typhoon Haiyan happened. So okay. they're still like pulling bodies right. like out of wreckage <clears throat> and rubble. And this guy chose to write this article. And I think you'll get what I'm talking about pretty quickly. Okay. Super Typhoon Haiyan has carved a path of unimaginable destruction over the central Philippines with local officials estimating up to 10,000 people have perished and hundreds of thousands of others have become homeless. The city of Tacloban has virtually disappeared off the map as unburied corpses lay unclaimed on the streets. As terrible as the Haiyan Typhoon has been for the Philippines, it is nowhere close to being the worst storm ever, Mm. as some media outlets have alleged Current stories on Haiyan are describing it as the strongest tropical cyclone to make landfall in recorded history based on its extraordinary wind strength. However, in November 1970, the Bola cyclone smashed into East Pakistan, now Bangladesh, and West Bengal, now India, and killed approximately 500,000 people. Although Bola reached the equivalent of only a Category 3 hurricane, the cyclone flooded into densely populated, low-lying plains of the Ganges Delta and wiped out hundreds of villages overnight. At one point, reaching winds of 115 miles per hour, the cyclone destroyed almost half the population of the coastal area of Tazumuddin in present-day Bangladesh. Bola is widely regarded as the deadliest tropical cyclone in recorded history. According to hurricanescience.org, The bola cyclone destroyed 65% of the coastal fishing industry Mm. due to 46,000 of the estimated 77,000 fishermen dying in the storm. Yeah, okay. The cyclone also played a part in leading to the independence of East Pakistan from its rulers in West Pakistan. The government of General Yahya Khan was widely assailed for its slow response at relief efforts. The unrest in East Pakistan eventually led to a war of independence the following year and the creation of the new country of Bangladesh.
0: This guy's got a hard-on for... Here's the thing.
2: It's not a competition. No, it's (laughs) not. Have to tear down Typhoon
1: Haiyan. Also, to talk about the Bola Cyclone, he's like they're describing it as the worst storm ever. They're saying that it's being described as the strongest tropical cyclone. And he's like, "Yeah, but this one that was only Category Three killed more people." And they're like, "We didn't say it was the deadliest. Yeah, we said it was the worst and the strongest." And yeah. you're just bringing up another thing because you're like, "Man, nah. that's what sort of
2: like jumped out of me about this yeah. article. I'm like, why did you need to write it like this? Like, what? Yeah." You were- you're, it's just it's just bitchy for the what? sake of bitchy. <laughs> what?
1: I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. Is there any of that wrong?
2: <laughs> no. You're factually correct. You're just a dick.
1: Yeah. Because yeah, yeah.
2: this is like literally the storm happened like, yeah, yeah. A, a, like days prior to this mm-hmm. article yeah. being published. Stop
0: calling it the worst, guys. Yeah. Ugh. Here's yeah. the worst. Here's the worst. It's not so bad. Let's get our facts straight.
2: Yeah. You know what? International Business Times, you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst in this equation. <laughs> August 2015... Pacific Ocean. Okay.
1: No, my favorite ocean.
2: (laughs) I have another photo here, uh, a satellite photo that we're going to put up on CosmicSodaPodcast.com that shows three separate Category 4 hurricanes active at the same time in the eastern and central Pacific Ocean, marking the first ever recorded instance of such an event.
0: Wow. Category 4 status.
2: Hurricane Kilo. Hurricane Ignacio and Hurricane Jimena all reached Category 4 status at various points on the same weekend. The same day, a windstorm ravaged much of the greater Vancouver area. Oh, Oh, okay. Pulling up trees, taking down power lines, leaving hundreds of thousands of people without electricity for days. Joe? Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. My power went out at about uh, 2 p.m. on Saturday, and Mm. I did not get it back until late Sunday night. Wow. So I was uh, sitting in a dark... And, And everybody knows... What I do for entertainment and basically everything, Mm -hmm. except for certain things, is computer stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's me sitting in a dark house with no power. Oh, it was like a nightmare for you. It was like your worst nightmare. It was terrible. And because the website for our hydro, our power provider, Mm -hmm. was getting crushed under everybody going, what's the information? And they couldn't handle it. And I have some... Harsh words for them as a web developer. <laughs> I couldn't find out where in the city I could go to that had power, mm. so I couldn't even like pick up a laptop and just go plug in and stuff. So I was right. just sitting in my house, hoping the power would. You know, what on. you should have done. Should have mm.
2: gone to your attic, kicked a hole in the roof. That yeah. works for some guys.
1: Thankfully, it was just kind of a windstorm. Uh-huh. We, here in Vancouver, we get it pretty easy.
2: According to Simon Donner, Associate Professor of Climatology at UBC, this event isn't all that surprising if you look at the current climate. Oh, Hmm. normally when you have an El Nino event, the Atlantic doesn't experience many hurricanes at all because El Nino shifts the airflow in the upper atmosphere such that the storms of the Atlantic tend to get sheared off. In the Pacific, the opposite happens. If you have some sort of calm in the upper atmosphere combined with extremely warm, Water temperatures? You get really strong storms. I'm not surprised to see this record of three Category 4 storms when the water is as warm as it's ever been, at least in recorded history. So it's not that shocking. All right. Donner says while warmer water temperatures can spell future problems, it isn't the problem you might expect. The science does clearly show <laughs> that if hurricanes do develop and the oceans are warmer, they will get stronger. It doesn't mean that we'll have more hurricanes in the future, but it does mean the ones that do develop will be stronger. All right. There you go.
1: Okay. I looked up Simon Donner. He doesn't look like he sounds like that. He looks like a nice guy. How do you know? <laughs> you I don't know home. for sure. You're right. right. Hashtag Simon Donner. <laughs> Sorry, Simon Donner. That was, that was Kevin Leeson who did that.
2: I like making funny voices, and I can't do accents, evidently. Oh, I should have made him Scottish. It's true. You should have. Absolutely. Or you could have, you have done
1: have. old-timey news guy. <laughs> Normally, when you have an El Nino event, the Atlantic doesn't experience many hurricanes at all because El Nino shifts the airflow in the upper atmosphere.
2: Like that. Yeah, I should have done it like that.
3: should have prayed But today I think we're alive Maxi, we're alive Keep your face in the light In the night We're gonna get high I think we're alive Should have stayed Should have prayed day should have prayed but today
0: Pop culture? Pop, ready for pop, culture? Culture, yeah. pop culture? pop culture, pop culture, pop culture, pop
3: culture.
2: I watched a movie called 500 Mile Per Hour Storm.
0: It was I on also Netflix. watched
1: that movie on Netflix.
2: Oh, God. If only I'd known you were thinking about doing that, I would have warned you off.
1: <laughs> oh, this is from that those people. Uh, this
2: is, those this, people. It's this the, the same um, production company they that called? produced Nazis at the Center of the Earth from yeah. our, that we talked about during our Joseph Mengele okay. episode. And they also produced Sharknado. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Here's the synopsis. When an energy experiment goes haywire, a rash of massive hurricanes rip across North America. A high school science teacher must get his family to safety before the hurricanes merge, creating a hypercane. Yes, a hypercane. With the power to wipe the U.S. off the map.
0: No, I looked up a hypercane to see if it was a real thing, and apparently it is a real thing.
2: Oh, but not... Not not to the degree where it would wipe the U.S. It's, off of the I map. I think it's
0: a theoretical thing.
2: Ah, I see. It's I Category 7. Maybe that was no. the Category 7 in your no, documentary no, that you never okay. got to. I, I, I only have one thing to say about this movie.
0: Oh, I have many things to say about
2: it. Okay, I have many things to say about this movie, too. But the first thing I have to okay. say is that 500 mile per hour storm makes Nazis at the center of the earth look like Citizen Kane. Wow! Right. Oh. This might be my least favorite movie I've ever watched wow. in my whole life.
1: It is a 2.2 2 on IMDb. It is atrocious. You didn't find
0: the kid to be charismatic and uh, and <laughs> endearing? Very whiny and <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Uh, Casper Van Dean was very wooden. Which and, one, who's that? Which one was that?
2: Uh, that was, uh, the science teacher who was driving all over Hell's Acres with oh, his family. Oh, that was
0: the, the poor man's Viggo Mortensen.
2: Oh, yeah, cause he had a, a salt and pepper beard and long shaggy hair. Yeah. Poor man's Viggo Mortensen. Uh, AKA, also known as, uh, Johnny from Starship Troopers. Yeah, Johnny Rico. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. He's, he's fallen, his star has fallen since Starship Troopers.
0: The Starship
2: Trooper has fallen.
0: They also mentioned uh, the Fujiwara effect. Oh, yeah? In this movie. Is that a real thing, too? I think that's also a hypothetical real thing. Let's Mm -hmm. look up the Fujiwara effect.
1: The Fujiwara effect is when two nearby cyclonic vortices orbit each other and close the distance between the circulations of their corresponding low-pressure areas. Uh, It's basically two hurricanes circling each other.
2: Right. There you go. They probably didn't use it in correct scientific context, though. (laughs) Uh, That could be.
1: They have Wikipedia.
2: Yeah, I'm sure this thing was... uh chock full of scientific errors I'm positive yeah. about
0: it I'm f- no scientist but I suspect so how did you feel about all these slow motion running away from nothing
2: well this is an 86 minute movie which <laughs> is the exact amount of time that you need to deliver to Sci-Fi Channel in order for them to actually pay I, you for your movie I see. Right? I see it's the minimum amount of time that you can <laughs> <Okay>. deliver <laughs> yep. right <God>. so <laughs> I, I think they shot like a you know 72-minute movie and right. went, we got to turn some of these scenes slow-mo to like really like eat up some time. How did you like the fact that for the first 10 minutes of the movie, uh Casper
0: Van Deen was in a hot air balloon? I like the hot air. I thought the hot air balloon, just looking at all the different hot air balloons, there was like a Darth Vader one. Yeah. There was some kind of, <laughs> there was a bunch yeah. of weird well, hot air balloons. That they was, just went to a hot air most, balloon party. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the most entertaining part hey, of the can movie we, by can far.
1: Hey, can we film right. these?
2: But. But but, the but first I did like ten minutes of the movie, <laughs> he's in the hot air balloon and they keep cutting away to something else and cutting back to him, and all he's doing is just going.
0: and looking looking off the distance
2: where they don't really show you what's happening Yeah, because they're shooting it in California where there's no clouds in the sky and it's always beautiful and sunny and they're supposed to be establishing uh, these giant (laughs) storms coming so they always look off in the distance and then you cut to a shot of a horizon where there's this terrible CGI storm and they cannot marry the people and the storms because the skies will not match
1: now is he actually in a hot air balloon or is he just in like a hot air balloon uh, a basket with a fake little thing and they're just cropped real close?
2: No, they are cropped real close but he was in the basket they did do a wide shot enough where you could see he was in the basket of a real okay. hot air balloon but then they suggest that they actually take off in the hot air balloon right. and then it gets real tight so you know yeah, that the hot yeah, air yeah. balloon is on the ground and they're just shooting at a really low angle yeah. into the sky to make it seem like he's
0: actually in the air when he is not in the air. I remember especially the scene of the reporter yep. where it's a beautiful day out. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Every day is a beautiful day in this movie. And they just put like an overlay of rain yep. on top of her. Yes. Like, like shitty like, looking rain. Like an After Effects yeah. style rain. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> and then the t- <laughs> she's giving a report and it's like, I'm not... I'm not paid enough to do this kind of reporting. Yes, and then uh, immediately the tornado. the tornado comes down and whips her off into the yeah, distance. That's right. As our
2: heroes, our heroes are are driving evasively to get yes. away from oh, the, the tornado.
0: Evil. It was like the devil tornado. The just devil
2: tornado that that followed in exactly in their path. Yeah, because tornadoes don't just like take their own path. Uh, my favorite part was the
0: atrocious dialogue. Oh my God! So I, there was so much excess dialogue. Of oh, people and, just repeating other people's lines.
2: Yes. Oh, and all of it so terrible. Yeah. I, I have. I, I took note of a few okay, favorites. Okay. A Few favorites. One character named Simon says, "Something doesn't feel right." To which Gage replies, "That's how it feels when you're about to change history." I don't think that's true. I don't think <laughs> when you're about to change history, you're not supposed to feel right. I think that's incorrect. I think you're sp- you, some people feel good about changing history. Well. Simon, tell me those numbers look good. I don't know yet. Well, I'm sure they're fine.
0: Yeah, I remember that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i with this one. People exploded. They blew up.
0: Just, just calm down. Go play your game or yes, something. I remember that. And then she... So this horrible thing happened that they witnessed. Yeah. And then they went home. Yeah. And it's like, I got to make sandwiches. Yes. I'm making sandwiches. Yeah, precisely. What do you want on your sandwich? Oh. It was like, oh,
2: very... It's very like, weird. I'm making
0: trauma sandwiches Trauma for sandwiches. Everyone.
2: And at the same time, uh, Dad tries to turn on the TV. And the son says, Dad, the TV won't come on. And he
0: says, never seen anything like that before. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I thought, though, I think he was referring to the trauma that he saw in the earlier scene.
2: Oh, maybe the sandwiches. Like I've never <laughs> seen trauma sandwiches. This is all the same scene. I gotta make sandwiches. It was that The TV won't turn on. Never seen anything like that before.
1: You put cucumber never on pulled seen pork.
2: Anything like that before? I also love the fact that he's a high school. Uh, teacher. He's a meteorologist guy. He's a meteorologist, and he lives in a goddamn mansion. Yeah, that was a nice like, house. That is like that mansion must be worth millions of dollars. Like it is gorgeous. <laughs> And uh, from what I can tell, you know, he's probably supposed to be making, scripted, like $36,000 a year. And somehow he lives in a quadrillion-dollar mansion. There's another line that I like. You know, I'd say that's the craziest thing I've ever heard, if it wasn't the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's good writing. (laughs) Uh, And the last one I got, Captain Wright says, So you just plan on shooting it down? That's the big plan? No. I had them turn the beam on and aim it directly beneath the station. So, what's that going to do? We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this. I can't give away my plan. I have to show you.
0: (laughs) This movie also had three endings. Uh, three endings. What way? Yeah, it was like, oh, we've, oh, we finally defeated the storm. Oh no, the storm's back! Oh, yeah. oh, we finally defeated the storm. Oh
1: <laughs> no, the storm's back! Again. Oh, so it's like one of those murders in a, the killers in a bad horror movie where uh, you think he's dead and yes. finally twitch, twitch. Yes. Except it's a storm. Yeah. or Fantastic.
2: maybe, maybe they shot the first ending. We finally defeated the storm. Yeah, then they cut the movie together. So went, we oh shit, it. it's like sixty-eight minutes long. Yeah. They went, let's add another ending. Shot another ending. Tack that on. Oh, uh we're only up to like seventy-three. Uh, slow
1: mo. Talk about the sandwiches yeah, you're gonna make,
2: right? Exactly. Slow down the sandwich making. Sandwich making is slow-mo. <laughs> yeah, it, it is really atrocious. Really, really atrocious. I uh, I cannot say enough bad things about it. If you like Nazis at the center of the earth, you you probably still won't even like this.
0: 500 mph. Although, much faster than the highest. Than the real-life storm? We never talked about how the storm happened. It was because they were doing some... Oh, beam into some, space that was supposed to be free energy or something. Yes,
2: they were supposed to create um, nonstop energy for the rest of time or something. It was all nonsense. Yeah, all total total nonsense. I'm sure the science doesn't work. It's uh, it's downright atrocious. But I do like talking about it because of how bad it is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 86 minutes. I'll never get back.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't watch it. But you I, have seen The Day After Tomorrow. I have seen The Day After Tomorrow. And you asked me about it beforehand. And I was like, yeah, I've seen that. Hurricane. Man. I don't remember almost anything except everything I hated about that movie. Because <laughs> I hated that movie.
2: Oh, uh, everybody hates that movie, don't they? By yeah.
0: Roland Emmerich. Oh, yeah.
2: my nemesis.
0: I hope one day to meet him so I can kick him in the balls. But it's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Mm. Oh, oh hey, Jake g- Gyllenhaal, the, uh, the merman version of him. The merman version, yeah, Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay, I see. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Gyllenhaal, and, and also Dennis Quaid.
1: Yeah, good actors can be in bad movies.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears clears throat> Have some the, IMDb that trivia. a lot. From the day after tomorrow,
1: Ian Holm, for crying out loud. You know, Ian Holm's great. In this, I don't remember. Was he? Was it? No. Was it? Was this one of those Peter Sarsgaard's in uh, Green Lantern type things <laughs> where the whole movie is fucking terrible? But then you watch this one guy's scenes and go. Uh, that, good. that would have been yeah. really good had the Dang. rest of
2: it. I wish good. I could say that. I, I like you, had trouble remembering anything from this movie. Yeah. But I went back into my IMDb record and I gave it a one star. So uh, there was a wolf.
0: <laughs> there was a wolf. Wasn't there a wolf in this movie? When, uh, the, when it got really cold, uh, they're running away from a wolf. i um, probably some other disaster movie I watched yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> maybe all I
1: remember is trying to outrun cold. Uh-huh. And I was, oh, yeah. uh... Uh, IMDb trivia.
2: 20th Century Fox invited a group of scientists to preview the film to test the reactions to the science used in the film. None of the scientists were impressed with what they saw, although most conceded that the movie was enjoyable nonsense.
0: Oh, they're all botanists.
2: In 2008, Yahoo! Movies listed the film as one of the top 10 scientifically inaccurate movies. Yeah. The U.S. Army loaned several UH UH-60 Blackhawk helicopters for the rescue scene at the end, prompting Canadian authorities to reassure the people of Montreal they were not
0: being invaded by America.
2: I guess it was shot partially in Montreal and right. Toronto. Oh, yeah. Wasn't this
0: a Canadian film? This is a whole Canadian film, wasn't it?
2: Uh, wasn't this like the h- highest grossing Canadian film of all time? That's the third piece of trivia. It's the highest grossing Hollywood film ever shot in Shot Canada. in Canada, okay. Mm. Yeah, precisely. So uh, that's a um, you know a dubious honor, to say the least. <sighs>
1: <laughs> film, film, film is not art anymore. It's just joyrides, mm-hmm. and it's like here's our big dumb joyride. Yeah, have our money.
2: Uh, okay. I, I have to before I forget. I have to thank Dave Egan, uh, who mm-hmm. did a lot, helped me a lot with the research for this. Thank episode. you, David. Mm-hmm. I got some uh, comics references to Hurricane Heroes. Oh, are you
0: thinking of the World Wildlife Federation of Justice character Hurricane? No, I wasn't. Oh. Tell me more. Uh huh. Crane has got a hurricane powers. All right, good times. <laughs> uh, well,
2: the first hurricane in Marvel Comics history was a guy named Harry Kane. Oh! Who went by the name Hurricane because he was a gunslinger. He first appeared in Two Gun Kid number 70 from oh. 1964. Yeah, well, as soon as you know that a character's hero name is Hurricane and his real name is Harry Kane, you know it had to be Stan Lee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hurricane. So he, did, so he didn't have hurricane powers? He did not. He did not. Yeah. He was a. Uh, he was originally the leader of a bandit gang defeated by the two-gun kid. He gained super speed from drinking an Indian shaman's potion, which enabled him to outdraw many of his opponents in a gunfight. Okay. <laughs> he fought the two-gun kid several times, but was ultimately defeated each time. Oh. Later, the time-traveling West Coast Avengers battled Hurricane and his group of outlaws. He battled Tigra, but was defeated along with his partner Rattler and taken into custody. The second Marvel Comics hurricane was Albert Potter, who was an enemy of Captain Britain and a former meteorologist. A weather experiment gave him strong weather and energy-manipulating powers. Okay, sure. Uh, The third hurricane in Marvel Comics history was a mutant, first seen in Cable number 17 from 2009. Uh, A mutant who had the power to summon Force 10 Gale Winds, which he normally used to disorient his victims while the members of his Dark Riders team battled hand-to-hand. During their first mission, the Dark Riders faced off against the X-Men, and Hurricane jumped at the opportunity to face Storm. Oh, yeah. But they battled, and Storm defeated him. Well, surprise. Because Storm has all the weather. He just has wind. He's like, here's some wind. And she's like, here's some lightning? Here's some lightning. Here's some hail. Here's some snow. She's got it all. Uh, During the adamantium bonding process on Wolverine, Hurricane was killed when Wolverine rejected the adamantium, exploding the tank (laughs) and sending shards of adamantium everywhere. Hurricane was impaled and died instantly. Oh, wow. Nice. The last hurricane from Marvel Comics appeared in Ultimates Volume 2, Number 9 from January 2006. A character in the Ultimate Marvel Universe, a woman with superhuman speed gained from surgery by North Korea. Okay. She is a member of the Liberators, an international counterpart of the Ultimates. Mm -hmm. The Liberators invade the USA, killing thousands. She is defeated when Quicksilver forced her to move at speeds beyond her limits and tearing her body apart. Oh, nice.
0: Okay. So it's just, she just had speed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, but that makes sense, you know. Speed, you know, you super someone super
0: speedy you can beat want, the hurricane. I want more weather-related hurricane supervillains. Yeah, they're all supervillains. What about that? Like every single one of them is a bad guy.
1: Probably because hurricanes wreck lots of things in the real world. So you hmm. you know you don't want to vill- you don't want a hero that's hi I represent that thing that wrecked all your houses.
0: I am going <laughs> to make a superhero called Storm Surge. Oh, there
2: you go. Yeah. He's a French Canadian. He's Storm Serge. Right?
1: Storm Serge.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's like uh you know, he's like a career de bois, right? I don't know what that is. Uh he's the one of those uh you know uh early French tra- French Canadian trappers who was all out, all about the beaver pelt. Okay. <laughs> Storm <laughs> Serge. Yeah, he like rides in on a wave in his canoe He's like Cedar Park. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And That's he,
1: the guy. He wears the Mounties red serge, of course. Of course. Hey Torn have you ever heard of the Turbo Masters? Oh, is this, are these
0: toys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then yes, I apparently
2: have. <laughs> <laughs> they were an Australian, Canadian, and European range of Transformers toys oh. released in 1992 as part of their final year of products Of the original right. franchise. Right. Okay. A subgroup of the Autobots. Okay. There were six Turbo Masters. Sure. Thunderclash, Rotor Storm, Boss. Ooh. Flash, Scorch, right. and Hurricane. There you go. They all had the gimmick of missile launchers which became their engines or turbines when in vehicle mode. Okay. Their rivals were the Decepticon Predators. Yeah. Okay? Hurricane. It does these,
0: these guys do sound like uh sports teams. The uh-huh. Turbo Masters versus the Predators. Predacon. Predators, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, hurricane's function was defense tactics specialist uh-huh. mm. a brilliant analyst he focuses on defense planning to the smallest details he transforms into a white Le Mans style race car oh. we've got a picture of uh, hurricane here that we can put up on sure. and I forgot how cheap early transformers yeah. looked Oh god, it looked so bad. There I was mean, there was like there was the popular Transformers
1: wave. and then then the not so good ones. There was that first wave, right? Which yeah. they were just like, here's our toys. These are great, and they were kind of expensive. Yeah. And then Transformers went crazy. Yeah. And they were like, we got to get way more out of here. And who cares how good they are? Yeah. And that's what happened. That's yeah. the second
0: wave. Exactly. This is definitely part of the second wave. And then there was the go-bots You just turn them around and they have a face yeah, on the yeah, other side. Yeah, A
1: little <laughs> flip. You get them free in your McDonald's uh, Happy Meal. But those
2: weren't Transformers. No, no they, were they, were, yeah. they were Gobots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, has anyone ever drank a hurricane? No. Is that even possible? You just stand in the, in front of the storm surge and you open your mouth <laughs> in New Orleans. Yes, yeah. in the French Quarter, of course. Have you ever had
1: a hurricane? Jack? No, no, I don't think I have.
0: I've had plenty of hurricanes, but oh. I've been to New Orleans twice, where yeah. they. did they uh, do? Do you swirl it or swirl it around? So there's a eye in front in the middle of it. No, you just you you spin as you drink, and then at the end of it, you puke.
2: <laughs> Nice. No, no. The Hurricane is a sweet alcoholic drink made with rum, fruit juice, and syrup or grenadine. Yep. It is one of many popular drinks served in New Orleans. The creation of this passion fruit-colored relative of a daiquiri is credited to New Orleans tavern owner Pat O'Brien. His bar allegedly started as a speakeasy called Mr. O'Brien's Club Tipperary, and the password was Storms A-Bruin'. Storms A-Bruin'. In the nineteen forties, he needed to create a new drink to help him get rid of all the less popular rum that local distributors forced him to buy before he could get a few cases of more popular liquors, such as scotch and other okay, whiskeys. Okay. So they would like dump like their shit rum on him and be right. like, "I'll sell you one case of scotch, but you that your customers all want, mm-hmm. but you got to buy three cases of shitty rum." So he would do it, and in order to get rid of that rum, he yep. created a hurricane where it was full of all of like fruit yep. juice and yep. and syrups. So you yep. couldn't taste how shitty the rum was. Uh, he poured the concoction into a hurricane-lamp-shaped glass and gave it away to sailors.
0: Hurricane-lamp-shade?
2: Lamp-shaped
0: glass. So
2: this is a hurricane
0: lamp. Oh, I, I do not
2: know. It's one of those
1: kerosene lamps, and I'm guessing... Yeah, here we go. The, the kerosene lantern, also known as a barn lantern or hurricane lantern, oh. is a flat wick lamp made for portable and outdoor use. Okay. So it's basically, yeah. it, it protects from the it's wind. It's
0: like a vase. It's vase-shaped. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
2: he served them in the, in this gla- this glass that was specifically shaped and now of course you go to New Orleans and you buy a hurricane and it comes in the same shape but it's plastic
0: Mm -hmm. okay Uh,
2: and they are very strong and because of all the juice it is very difficult to know how much alcohol is in there oh I see so, the first time I drank a Hurricane in New Orleans, I drank it really You're fast. You're like,
0: oh, this is Class 5, Category 5. No,
2: I was like, this is Category 1. This oh, I see. This is weak cheese, right? Mm-hmm. And so then me and my friends- Fruit uh, juice. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm like, uh, this is, there's nothing, no booze in this. So, I drank it in about five seconds flat. We went down to the end of the street, and we sat on these bar stools. We wanted to watch the hockey game on the uh, satellite TV, because it was the- playoffs at the time, and uh, we are just sipping at beers, whatever, and then I went to get up and go to the bathroom, and I fell off the stool. Ha-ha. Yeah. Category me. after all. Yeah. It snuck up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, kick a hole in the roof and get out. We started out drinking hurricanes, and by the end of the night, my buddy was trying to light a cigar with toothpicks, and another friend of mine dropped a cigar in a urinal and thought about pulling it out so he could keep smoking it. Sure, why oh, not? Boy. That's the kind of effect hurricanes have on you. So... <laughs> beware
3: <laughs> beware the hurricane
1: there's one thing this pop culture has told us is that hurricanes are always bad <laughs>
3: It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling. And ominous feeling a feeling, you know that
0: we'll be back when the week is new. And we'll have more gross facts for you. And you'll have
3: things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic
0: Soda was
1: recorded by Mike Leeson while pulling live spiders out of his tear ducks. Today's intermission was Maxine We're Alive by a Lovely War. Visit them at Facebook.com slash a lovely war. To comment on episodes and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Podcast.com. Support us at patreon.com slash Caustic Soda. Rate and
2: review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Sasha Smulders.
1: Thanks for listening.
2: How you know, I forgot to mention in um, mm. epilepsy uh-huh. was uh, that TV series The League, the one about the fantasy football league. Oh, yeah. Who who they, who had epilepsy in the league? They, none of the main characters, but uh, one of the main characters uh, had a relationship with an epileptic girl, and she had a mini seizure during sex and it was the best sex he'd ever had so he kept trying to induce a yeah, seizure that's right. for oh, subsequent sex sexcap- sexcapades oh, like he, he had her on the couch they started to make out and he turned on like a flashing a strobing <laughs> light on his tv and he kept trying to like you know <laughs> bark at her and surprise her into a seizure
1: the league really continues that seinfeldian mm-hmm. we are terrible people trope
2: yeah totally yeah.